0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Pierce Cast, the official podcast for Pierce College. Um, and I'm excited today to do a recap, um, somewhat of what the year has been like uh, for us here at Pierce College. And to start that off, I am honored to have uh, Dr. Daryl Kane, president of the Puyallup campus, with us. To just, um, you know, this is. One of the busiest guys on campus, um, but for him to be making time for us to just chat it up a bit, um, just truly blessed and honored to have you with us. Thank you so much. Um, but Dr. Kane joined us. Is I'm looking and and it looks like we're you're almost ready to celebrate an anniversary here at Pierce College. Almost three years now. Has it been? It's been almost three years already.
1: Right. Yes. No. Um, I was going to say I started at the end of July. And so now um, let's see, I'll be going into my fourth year, starting my fourth year. So it was amazing. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> and that's just like, uh, I
0: mean, I remember. So just a little bit of background is, is you're coming from, from Indianapolis, correct? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I was located in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, and was working at Ivy Tech Community College before I came here uh, to the state of Washington and working at Pierce College.
0: Nice. And so... That trans. What does that transition looked like for you and your family, just coming from an Indiana out to the Pacific Northwest? Like obviously, drastic differences. But what what has that been like for you and your family?
1: No, actually, you know, I was thinking at the beginning it's probably a little bit of shock and awe, just because you're talking about coming from the Midwest and knowing you're in the Pacific Northwest. And also too, just knowing that, okay, this is unfamiliar territory and it's not like we have family located here. And so that was probably like, who do we start meeting or who do we come in contact and where does our social network begin? And um, so I think that that was probably the major challenge on starting off, but um, actually the transition has been fairly easy. Uh, We've been able to meet a lot of new people, Obviously, working at the college has opened up a lot of opportunities. Uh, the community has been very supportive, and got to meet a lot of great people and here. Then, and,
0: and so, what I get to share is, uh, as as Dr. Kane has been here, you know, he's he's not just the president of the the Puyallup campus, but he's in the community too. So if we, for all of y'all that don't know what's going on these last couple of days, we just went through an extreme heat wave out here in the northwest. Right. And So I'm going to. The winco to get me and my son some juice and we're loading up on juice and i roll down the aisle and who do i see but dr kane in there getting his <laughs> goods too and i'm like what's going on dr Kane?" and you know that to have that family uh vibe just inside and outside of the college you know is is it's to be able to to uh approach uh dr kane as a brother you know as a mentor as someone i look up to and and it's never a hesitation he he is always found a way to make time. Uh, and I truly appreciate that. Um, it, it's been an honor. You know, I, I'm proud to say I was, I was part of the hiring committee that was first introduced to seeing Dr. Kane. And I was just blown away by him from day one. Um, and, and for me again, you know, all of the efforts that we're doing here at the college, um, you know, leading with EDI, um, for me, it means a lot because, uh, um, Dr. Kane, you know, you are someone that, that I look up to and you're someone who uh, walks the walk, talks the talk, and it's someone that I can aspire to. It, it, it's just amazing to see, you know, the growth and leadership just in this this short three years. Because three years, you know, as a kid, you look at it, it's like, three years, that's a long time. But now, and as I'm getting older, it's like, three years really is not that long. And for the, the efforts mm-hmm. and the change that you have helped push forward just in this short amount of time is amazing and, and just thankful to have you here at at the Pierce College family
1: yeah yeah well I was gonna say it's reciprocal you know and that's all from Joey and Tony and uh, appreciate you and what you've done I see you have Tina on the line too so but I think it's just everyone really just um, coming in and, and supporting I think that Pierce College as we talk about having that family atmosphere where people have genuine concern and Uh, Want to support one another. And so that really has made my transition, you know, um, a lot easier and onboarding, but I've learned from you as well, you know, and so you've taught me a lot and I've been able to participate in, you know, dialogue discussions and see both of you, you know, everyone's your growth as well and what you've done and so I just want to say thank you for sharing your time with me and so helping me to on board and learn and uh, be uh, a point of conversation as well as a point of thought leaders and so but I think that the conversation we have been very valuable so again but thank you for your time which you've done for me as well yeah
0: and so that um the support is something crucial in transitioning. So you you're saying that there's a lot of people that wrap their arms around you to support as you were making that transition. Now now let's throw in that curveball of us going into a whole pandemic. And how is how is that as you're you're in this new campus environment, you're still trying to learn more about the culture, the community, and then this pandemic throws us into an array of where we got to scramble to make sure that our student, faculty, and staff are supported for you know remote settings that we're you know we're abiding by state guidelines, everything else. Like what what was that like for you and your office of you know having to lead the campus and and ensure them that hey we have a plan we have, this is how we're gonna go about and and just keeping everyone uh, informed as as of how those conversations are going and you know what are next steps what did, what does that look like for you on a daily basis and how does that
1: look right yeah no I was going to say it's been uh definitely challenging because one I know that being remote is not going to serve everyone well because it's not maybe the preferred learning environment and also just recognizing even as a leader it may not be your preferred leadership environment and so, knowing that you're now in this remote environment and you still charge to organize and lead and construct and build and strategize. Um, and for me, I like to have that personal in person contact. You know, I just think that I thrive in that environment, meeting, engaging, and talking to individuals, hearing their stories and what they've done and what they learned. And so, it was definitely more challenging in in that result in that regard. I think that in terms of the whole COVID environment, just recognizing that, um, and I was trying to put my, my look at my personal environment, but I also want to place myself in the environment of others. And so what would this be like if, you know, whether I'm a a parent and, or I'm I'm a single father and, you know, what would it mean? Because I did grow up in a single parent family household. So I kind of think about what would my mom do in this situation what would I do in this situation? Or knowing that, what is it like to be a first generation? You know, and now you start trying to go to college and again, I'm first generation. So I just kind of try to take a step back and think about some of the challenges that students may experience and try to see what can we do to help and, and help them, encourage them, um, give them what resources they, they need. And so putting that hat on and switching that hat has probably given me a little more perspective. Um, and at times, I don't even know, no, I was gonna say, I don't know if I'll be taking classes. <laughs> I might just be saying, this is my time to stop out and do some reflection and get myself together and other priorities, you know, particularly, Um, If you don't have the resources um, or bills or what have you, you know, those are your first priority. So I often kind of think about that. But I think that at least for the state and for Pierce College, there was a lot of resources made available. And so I think we think about the CARES Act and the funding that was provided um, both at the state level and the federal level. And so that really helped a lot of students. And so I was glad to see that come to fruition, also to recognizing that what our faculty and staff and how they pivot um, and made the change swiftly to give the need and the accommodations. I also had conversations with several faculty members um, and staff members as well. And they shared with me that, you know, um, many of them, that they become a lot more flexible. And I think that's really important. And so what I'm hoping that this transcends not only in the remote environment, but also in person when we start meeting back in class as well. That flexibility is really important because you may have these multiple challenges, uh, multiple experiences, whether it's work and family, but knowing that your faculty member is giving you that time that you need or might not be having you know, a certain deadlines that they hold to, but give you some guidance, and also the personalization—just trying to get to know the person on an individual level, where they can share their experiences and what they're going through. Um, but knowing that you have somebody that's really been willing to listen, and I think that's a really um, important. Um, quality that we want our our faculty to have and staff members to have. So just knowing in terms of just dealing with COVID, but the second, the third thing I just mentioned too, was that I think with COVID uh, because of Pierce college and we have our leadership group. So we have our E team, executive team, but also too, we have our ICS incident command um, services that we provide in terms of our structure And um, our incident command structure allowed that it's not solely on one person to make decisions. And obviously, you know, it's always a team environment. Um, And so we have experts that have expertise, whether it's in terms of you're building your facilities we have experts in health and safety you know we have experts who deal with the classroom instruction and those who are experts in student services or budget and so forth so i think because of the combination of level of knowledge that's brought into this group it's not that it's all on my shoulders and that's provides me relief because I don't know it all. So I have to lean on others. And so I think that was really helpful managing and dealing with this COVID environment as we try to make decisions that's going to do the least amount of harm to our staff, faculty, and students.
2: And you know, you 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 mentioned the staff, faculty, and students. Um, and as I'm reflecting back over, the, over the, the course of the year, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that this is one of the most tumultuous academic years in the history of Pierce College, um, and we we got through it. And so, I I, I want to give a shout out to to everyone who is a member of this institution in in some form of fashion for for braving those waters and sticking and sticking you know sticking their feet into the ground and saying let's go let's do this even even when we weren't sure weren't certain what tomorrow was going to bring. Because it wasn't just it was COVID, but it wasn't just COVID, right? It was there was a lot. Oh Lord, there was a lot going on, and so mm-hmm. um, just not to say that we're gonna take a breath and stop moving, but definitely take a moment to congratulate, you know, look around and congratulate each other for for the work that we've done so far, um, and in true Pierce fashion the ambition to continue to push. Uh, and, and, and when I say that, what, what flashes across my mind is, is the, the ATD transformation. Uh, and one of the things that, that um, you know, the concept that I think I appreciate the most about how we've transformed ATD is that we have led with the idea that each and every one of us is accountable for teaching and we have made space for folks across the institution to, to collaborate and to contribute and however they can uh, into the buckets that, that uh, ATD kind of touches. And so I was wondering if you can talk a bit about um, how we came to that transformation and what the vision for ATD is moving forward.
1: Okay, so as you're referencing ATD for achieving the dream and what's taking place in that aspect, Yes, you know, I think that, uh, but ATD was long developed before I arrived. And so I think it's now um, the ability to enhance and also move the vehicle forward. And as you shared that we continue to push ourselves and in, in recognizing that we may not have all the answers, but we know that this is an iterative process. And so if we continue to challenge ourselves and think differently and look how we can meet the needs of our marginalized and our racialized populations, and also with the primary goal that we stated earlier, that we want to become an anti-racist institution. And so to have that level of commitment and that boldness, it, it requires us to think differently and to constantly um, scrutinize systems and structures that are in place that may not serve beneficial for those who are being harmed. And how do we begin to examine and critique ourselves? And that's hard, you know. Is Nobody so wakes up in the morning and start critiquing yourself and start saying, "Man, um, I need to step my game up." I mean, what's going on? And so that's hard, you know. It, obviously, everybody likes to feel good about what they're doing, um, but I think it's both. You know, I think that you talk about what you're doing well and your excellence. Um, recognizing that we're Aspen Institute and becoming a top ten institution, we're, um, but knowing that we were a top five. But again, it's all about even during the COVID environment, we we're still pushing ourselves and still became an Aspen top 10 institution. But I think as it relates to ATT, it um, is knowing that there are still structures. There are still issues that we need to resolve. And so when we talk conversations, whether it's faculty and inclusive pedagogy group, or we begin to have conversations about of our black and brown and um, single parents, what they're going through and looking at our academic services and what type of services, are they robust? Are they helpful? Are who's participating? But why aren't they participating? Mm-hmm. But it's not because of the students, but what is it that we're not doing? Are we not creating a sense of community, a sense of belonging where individuals will wanna be a part and wanna share? Um, and so I think those kind of questions as we scrutinize ourselves, allows us to do some more reflective thinking and some more deep dialogue. And um, I think that at least for this year, we've been doing some great discussions, some dialogue and conversations, but also too, what do we need to do to become transformative? Mm-hmm. And so that requires us to also think about what actions we need to take. And so being action oriented and that we just can't fall on the grace that we're um, are complacent or fall on the grace that it's because of COVID. Our students can't do that. They can't fall on the grace that it's COVID. That's why brother, I can't go to class or I can't feed my family or Um, the bus transportation, but guess what? We have to make ways and find out what kind of support and structures that we need to interrogate and look through that lens and look at ourselves and be be able to critique ourselves. But I think that ATV, because of that nature, because of that that environment that we have, that culture we've created, we constantly challenge ourselves and um, look in terms of great thought leaders that we have at our institution, And then now, how do we move that to action so we see about the change? And also, how do we measure change? You know, because we have to be accountable for it. And so, if we don't know what it is that we're being accountable, we can't measure. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have to go back and make sure that we're looking at our data, what information, what knowledge, both um, quantitative and qualitative, and know what are the stories that's been shared by the students. And so those narratives are really important. And so that also helps us to guide the work and know if. Change is taking place as, as we look to be change agents um, of our own respective venue.
2: And, you know, you used the word change um, that came up a lot in, in the last response. And philosophically, I, my belief is that change starts from the heart first. Um, you know, change work is heart work and then it's mind work. And I wonder, um, from the leadership team, is that something that, um, you describe, you subscribe to as well? Uh, and then as far as it relates to ATD, how much, how much energy is, um, wrapped around changing hearts, uh, and then working towards changing minds? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's it. You have to start with your heart, your passion, you know, and, um, And I think that's why it's important to have that kind of discussion and reflection and to start questioning um, what you do, why you do, understand the purpose of it. Also knowing that the variables of who is hurting, where is harm coming from, because sometimes individuals may not know. There's things that I don't know. Mm and So until we ask those questions and begin to think about, Why do we do things this way? Why have we not had the conversations um, with students? Or why haven't we, if we recognize that harm is still taking place or they're not being as successful, why are we continuing to do the same process? And so I think that having that openness and that willingness to have those conversations, I think that begins with the heart. and you have to be on board, you know, knowing that any culture that you walk into. And I, I played sports, and so knowing that you have to embrace the coach's vision and philosophy mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. organization. And if you're not on board, and we can see many teams that have been successful, those who have they have the greatest talent, but if they don't have the same vision and values. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. And so I think that's where the perspective of having that heart, that that mindset of what it is in terms of being a change agent and also to address some of the the social justice issues and also the racial justice challenges that we face in our nation. And we want to be, um, again, I use the word change agents in that regard, but it starts with individuals committed to that. And therefore, you can start talking about strategies and execution of plans and ideas. But you're right on point. You have to have that same um, understanding and that same resolve that this is something that you're passionate about, you're committed to, and that is something that's ingrained and it's intuitive of what you, your thoughts and your beliefs include.
0: And the, the ATD work is, is something pivotal for us here at Pierce College. Um, and as a designer for our black and brown male students and single parents, um, we already heard that you you're coming from a single parent home. You're a first gen student. So um, for me myself, you know, as I identify within those groups, you know, and and as what Tony has said, is it comes from the heart. This work is personal for us, and so. You know, do you do you share that same sentiment of, hey, when we are when we're in those meetings of ATD, you know, for our black and brown males and in our single parents and those uh, intersectional identities, um, because those are those are connected as well. Is there is there a personal level to that, um, you know, or a personal responsibility that you feel to be involved in that work and giving back in that mm-hmm. sense?
1: Yes. You know, I truly believe that because again, I don't think that I'll be working um, at a two-year institution if I didn't have that, because that's how I started my journey. Um, not knowing what i want going to do and where I want to focus, you know? So again, early, I never thought about being a president ever. Um, and so I just happened to have someone to believe and invest in me, which is my aunt's. And so they, asked me to actually move to California. And it's like, okay, well, here's some options, you know. And, and one of the options was to work and maybe take a class, you know. Um, so that was one of the requirements. But I was started off and I was just going to take a class, literally. And so the class I took was actually a real estate class. But unfortunately, um, I didn't have the, the study habits and commitment. So actually, I failed my real estate class. And but she said, I take a class. so I'm like, OK, well, I'm done. But then, you know, it was an awakening where she says that, OK, well, um, can't be complacent and you start have to do better and just challenge me in some regards. Ooh. And I just took that personally. So mm-hmm. as a result of that, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like the bulletin board material, you know, in the locker room. And so I, as a result of that, I said, OK, well, I got can't let my down. I got to start proving people were wrong. And so um but knowing that you know coming in as a a black male that the challenges i endured and again first generation not knowing how to navigate the terrain of a college campus and exposure but i start finding resources and people i could connect with people that were willing to help me and give me the guidance or assistance using the learning resource centers and going to tutors and just talking to the, the faculty after class and so that was really impactful for change for me. And so I often look at myself and then I think about students who may be dealing with the same challenges, you know, because again, you still may experience some failures, but guess what? You can come back up. So what I try to do is be that living and walking testimony for others, you know, um, to say that I bounced back and that I was able to come back and address those, those challenges. And so, um, and just knowing that if you have the commitment and knowing that this is something that's personally ingrained in your heart and that you want to do, you can address and move forward and progress in life. And so I, I just tried to use that in terms of my mindset. And so it is personal. Um, and so when I see uh, students, um, but in particularly if I see a, a black male or brown male and just saying that they're not challenge and situations, I just put them to the side and have a conversation with them and just talk to them, says, what are your experiences and what are your exposures? In fact, I remember one student, um, he asked me what I did at the college. I was walking um, on the grounds one day and I said, I'm a president. He says, oh, what's the president? What do you do? <laughs> so I say, well, OK, so the president's kind of oversees the college and, you know, make sure that you provide leadership and guidance and you provide the support. He said, oh, OK. I said, is that something you want to do? He says, you know what? That's something that's I may awesome. want to do, too, dear. <laughs> but right. you never know. Right. That may right. inspire someone else to assume whether it's a president or doing something else at the college, or but being a leader, but being influential. And so that's what I want to do. And so that's that personal calling that I truly believe in and want to continue to do the work. So um, it's a mission. And that's for- what you
0: do. That is what you do. And, and one thing that stuck out um, to me, a quote from you, was um as you were you know trying to figure out what you wanted to do in life, you honestly said that you felt like you weren't college material, and so does that motivate you in what we're trying to create here is you know are are you doing things here to where you could have gone back to that younger Daryl Kane and said, Hey man, you know what you are, you are college material. You just put your mind to it. Is that, is that a motivating factor for you when you, when you look back and you think at that time where you really thought you, this wasn't a place for you. And here I am talking to our, our, our campus president now. So it's like, obviously you've always had it in you, but is that a motivating factor that kind of drives you every day?
1: Yes, I mean, it is a motivator. I think that for me, it was like, okay, um, knowing and seeing what students deal with, I just wanted to know, I just want to, I always believe that you have to demonstrate and show action, but sometimes you have individuals um, and organizations where they don't see themselves represented. And so, Mm -hmm. I still recall, I was um, at Indiana University after I left Pasadena City College, went back to Indiana, did my bachelor's degree, and I had a dean of students, and the administration was all white, literally. I I would say, um, I can't recall any administrator being of color, but the dean of students was an African-American male, and I had the opportunity to talk to him, and uh, he kind of shared stories background um dean gordon was insane that's go about dean gordon and knowing that um what he did and how he was trying to be helpful for students the culturing the nurturing that he was able to do the even the personal, just to talk to me out of you know thirty thousand students you know <laughs> i'm like well okay but he was just a genuine hearted kind person that really wanted to see you do well and be successful And so for me to see him, that was probably the pivotal point where I said, that's a pretty cool job. I would like to have a similar impact on others. It's like, man, you know, and so always look back and think about those conversations he had with me um, and think about the memories that he was able to invoke and share and hear the stories, you know, things that he endured, but he was still very diligent in terms of the cause and purpose. And so I look back now and says, that's what I wanted to do. And I I want to be that inspiration. Therefore, it's going to help the next generation, the next, you know, person that comes up to say, okay, that person had an impact on me. So I want to do something that's going to have an impact on others as well. So that's really the personal aspect of why I really believe in what I do and the reasons why I do what I do.
2: Yeah and I can see how the value that you placed in those experiences reciprocate in the work that you do um at the college today. It's it's very evident.
0: Yes. I know um we we only have a couple more minutes with you before you got to jet off to your next meeting. Um so you know we're in the we're in the oh well it's July 1. Um and we've officially, you know, from a state standpoint, we've officially I think Yesterday, opened up um, the state. Uh, we just recently celebrated our graduates that, um, you know, powered through this this remote environment of the year. Um, and then, you know, we're transitioning to, you know, getting to this, this fall quarter and starting a new year and slowly, you know, seeing how we can transition back onto campus. So, um, you know, kind of in, a, in these final thoughts, um, Dr. Kane, could you just kind of speak to, you know, how was that graduation event? What did that really look like? You know, is there any kind of messages you want to send off to those students um, as they, you know, continue their educational journey or they get off into the workforce? And then, you know, what what kind of stuff can you um, talk about that we may be able to look forward to as we look to transition into fall winter quarters and slowly come back on the campus? Okay. Well, I
1: was going to say one of the joys um life is to celebrate and to embrace accomplishments and and achievements and milestones. And so to have our graduation and see all of our students, um, to see that joyous occasion with their family members, um, knowing that all the hard work they put in, the time, the commitment, um, knowing that there was probably still challenges that they had to overcome. There was probably some self-doubt, but to see all of that come to fruition at the end of the road and to enjoy and embrace those students. It's always something very meaningful for me, anyway. And I think that, you know, it was truly different this year just because we have the drive through uh, ceremony. And even though it was outside, to me, it was more of a a party atmosphere, you know, and just because we had the DJs and everybody had the the music going and knowing that we actually have uh, students coming through and the faculty and staff just celebrating. And it was just really a a joyful moment. I also appreciate the fact that, you know, Mm -hmm. the creativity, you know, as we think about students who commit some ceremonies, kind of, you know, traditional, everybody sitting down, listen to a speaker, but, I just thought that, you know, students were able to be more creative as I think about the decor for their cars and what kind of cars everybody had or rented or whatever, and uh, see how they were able to um, transcend themselves to be themselves, meaning that they were able to be authentic in their true sense and meaning and to celebrate in that moment with them. And so that was really powerful, encouraging, and inspiring. Um, And also, too, I participated in the nursing pinning ceremony, and so that was another joyous occasion to celebrate and embrace and see all of our nurses get pinned and to think about and reflect on what they've done as we think about the healthcare system. They really have went through a lot. And to know that our students actually had some of those experiences and to be in labs and to be in the workforce environment as they get trained, and that just really signifies a, a high point of that. Sometimes you don't know what you have mm-hmm. accomplish until you see yourself going through difficulty. And so that builds character. And so I felt really encouraged to see what our students were able to go through. And that's one of the things that I share with them says that you've went through probably more difficult situation than any other nurses who've right. been, who may maybe even been in the field just because of what happened this year. Um, And so you overcame, you were able to show resolve. You stay committed, you stay persistent and you challenge yourself. And so even when you have that self doubt and not knowing what's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but to overcome those obstacles just signifies a lot about who you are and the value that you will bring into our healthcare industries as well. So, But yes, um, celebrating and enjoying the moment um, is always a highlight. As it relates to transitioning, um, currently right now, we're looking to return to campus um, in some regard, you know, it's not full fledged for the summer, but we're looking to have 28 classes offered um, in person for the summer. We will have some student services uh, made available as well. And so many of the departments are planning to do some return, maybe it's a hybrid feel to it uh, where hours may be split or uh, between working at home and working on campus, but we wanna actually have an in-person present uh, presence. And so we're planning to have that beginning July 6th for the return for the summer quarter. Um, I've been making the transition back as well and so I've been on campus you know two to three days a week anyway and um, I just think that's important because you know you're just not kind of just stop and pivot and everything's back to the normal you know so you kind of got to ease your way back into it and getting a feel and um, knowing that you're comfortable in that environment and so we don't want anyone necessarily to feel that pressure or push that you know, today I have to be back, and all of a sudden, everything's going to change. But knowing that we're going to have systems in place, we're going to have safety checks in place, health protocols, because the health and safety, well-being is the most important thing that we want to make sure before we return. And so, we're looking to make sure that all of those check boxes are uh, marked, and that we have everything in process. And the goal is to gradually increase the number of classes in the fall and uh, returning of staff with a full-fledged opening by one quarter. So that's our targeted timeline. And so as of right now, I feel that, you know, we're starting to hit some of those points and knowing that's a fluid process because the governor, you know, as we talk about executive orders, just updates. And and so there's changes, but you have to know that it's going to be a continuous process as it relates to change and so it's not easy that's why i think it's important to make sure that we provide the communication and um just make sure that we always keep people health and well-being in the forefront of what we do yeah
0: thank you for that and i'm hearing i'm hearing that that outlook notification probably letting you know hey you got the next meeting coming up so we don't want to keep you any longer but thank you so (laughs) much for for taking the time you know just to 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 talk with us, um, you know, kind of recap, um, allowing us and, you know, the listeners out there to get to know you a little bit better um, and just look forward to that transition of slowly getting back um, onto campus. Cause like I said, when we talked about earlier, running to, into you at the stores, just like you get that joyous, just feeling like I was just excited to see you. And so like, you know, having that, uh, you know, I miss that on campus being able to run into Tony or you or, Whoever else on that campus, because it really there there there's really a special right. vibe that we have uh, on the campus, um, and so I look forward to getting back to that. But again, thank you so much for for making the time to to
1: be with us. Right. Today. Yes. And yeah. so again, it's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for allowing me to share my story and my background. Um, so let's really appreciate it. And I was going to say, when we get on campus, maybe you can do a part two, and we can actually have something live. Uh, talk about <laughs> yeah that. i would
0: love that we we would definitely make that happen beyond time
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah this
1: stuff but yeah so um but yeah well like i said that um, we're excited to return but again thank you for the opportunity and so just appreciate what you're doing with this pierce cast you know the fact that they hear the stories and what's happening so as we think about what narratives and but because of you and your leadership um because of your ingenuity to think about having this format, um, I just appreciate it and just value that um, you've been able to share your time to allow something like this to take place. So, but thank you for what you do. Uh,
0: it's an honor. Thank you so much. And That means a lot. It means a lot. And I gotta, I can't, I can't do it without giving a shout out to the Marcon team for even, you know, tasking, giving me this task at all. It, it's been an absolute blessing and so much fun. We'll